right, we're rolling. Joining us is the David Feldman Show's favorite guest, Laura House. Hello, Laura House. <laughs> Hi, David. It's me, Laura House. And, and, and you're thumping the microphone. I'm so sorry. You know what I'm doing? There, there. Is, I heard that. I know. I'm on the computer, but I brought up. Okay, so uh, Brian is here to tell you jazz stories, yeah. and he's never seen you. So I was like, I'll bring up a picture of David, and the first one is the dumbest picture I've ever seen. What? What is it? It's your face, but oh. it's in a very dumb expression. I'll send it to you. Okay. It well, like let's let's start off with some sad news because Brian is a a brilliant trumpet player. He's with Oingo Boingo, does a lot of other stuff, and he knows Jack Sheldon. And I asked him how Jack Sheldon was, and I just found out that Jack Sheldon passed away on December twenty seventh. 2019 you brian you were a friend of jack's uh yeah i'd known jack probably about 20 years or so although i'd seen him play several times probably in the 90s um i played in his big band wow uh, around the time that he turned 70 which is actually when i think i was i think i'm playing in a lot of the footage that's in the documentary they did about him although you can't see me but i'm in the big band that's playing in that documentary yeah was he in schoolhouse rock was he yeah he did i'm just a bill and he did <laughs> conjunction junction wow ah that's yeah. so sweet yeah, so he had a really super unique um, singing voice, kind of gravelly and seemingly untrained, but he had a, like a tremendous range that he could sing, and he could. It was, it was very heartfelt and, um, um, it, you know, just soulful, a very soulful jazz singer, and a fantastic trumpet player. Yeah, that's so bad. Sad that. Uh... He passed away. I guess people should rent the documentary. What what, what uh, is yeah. it called? What is the documentary? It's called uh, "Trying to Get Good." Trying to get good, right? Yeah. Just trying to. That, that seems to be. Follow, you I, follow that advice, David. Yeah, yeah. Who is that? <laughs> who, who? Who? Brian? Is there somebody in the? I heard another voice. Oh, how dare you! That was me, Laura House. That, he's not the only musician who talks that way. I, I think I saw Herbie Hancock talking about just trying to get better, trying to get better every day. That's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of the only way that you can do this for any long period of time. Uh, is if you are only comparing yourself to yourself, you can't compare yourself to somebody else. Yeah, yeah. unless. You're me, and you're better than everybody. Mm, is that how it works? Well, that works for me. Well, thank <laughs> you, Brian. And I understand, Brian, you got recognized? Uh, yeah, somebody heard me practicing in the background of one of your previous uh, podcasts and reached out to me, and, and uh, somebody who taught at North Texas State, which is a very prestigious music school, by the way, mm-hmm. Actually, it's not North Texas State now. It's University, University of, North, of North, Texas. North Texas. Anyway. Anyway. But they, but they messaged him and they were like, "Hey, did I hear you in the background on David Feldman's podcast?" 
<laughs> wow. Well, that makes me happy. That makes so me happy. You've got a long reach. I do. I do. And then he knows he took classes from one of Brian's musician friends' fathers at University of North Texas. Okay. Either that or uh, they were, I think they were both on faculty. Uh, uh, so they work together. Anyway, connections, you guys, connections. Yeah, yeah. And Brian, how can I exploit you and use you? You, you're. Oh. Go to uh, www.brianswartz.com, B-R-I-A-N-S-W-A-R-T-Z.com. Well, no, I'm saying how can I personally? Do you do punch-up at all? Uh, Can you do, can you, like, fix this? That's that's perfect as it is. He could maybe re-record it. He he ordered this instrument that's half trumpet, half trombone. You know what that? You know what you call an instrument that's half trumpet and half trombone? A trombone. A trombone. Yes. <laughs> they, it's called a superbone. Which I didn't realize how dirty jazz is. <laughs> is it really called a superbone? Yes. Really. Yeah. Mm. I was like, I'm, I refuse to call it that. It has a uh, a spit valve and a breathe through your nose valve. But go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> it has, it I don't has know valve, what... like a valve trombone and also a slide. Hey, what's the longest you've ever gone not emptying your spit valve? Oh, God. <laughs> what is it, Brian? A couple of weeks? Uh, <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And it, it, like, does it just come pouring out? I try not to let it get to that point because it affects the sound if you leave it. And have you ever thought, like, I would buy Jack Sheldon's spit from one of his trumpets. Oh, interesting. Why don't we, Brian, why don't we empty famous trumpet players' trumpets, their spit valves, and this can, is a solid idea. Would it, wouldn't you like Dizzy Gillespie's saliva? Somebody would. Then you can make a clone army. Yeah. I'm always thinking of ways to make money, Brian. Brian is horrified. He's, he's rubbing his face right now so hard. <laughs> Even the, the, the level of irreverence that's happening right now is so offensive to him. As a practical joke, you should have, like, Gasoline come out of your spit valve <laughs> just to gross people out. Okay. If he was funny, uh, like Rip, um, Rip Rip Taylor confetti coming out. Of that would be funny. Let me empty my spit valve. Wow, Brian, you, uh, David, you okay? Did you just call me Brian? Sorry. Does that ever happen? Like I'm sitting next to him. Whoa. Yeah. When? What? Does that ever happen during when when you're making Whoopi? <laughs> does, does my name ever come up? Nope. Only when I'm podcasting with you, I might say Brian. <laughs> but it's never the opposite. <clears throat> Have you guys gotten this cold? That sounds. It sounds like a terrible sound effect. No, I I, I have a terrible cold. All right, Brian has to go practice. I have his, to go hit the woodshed. His super bone. How many hours do you practice a day? 
Uh, two to three uh, or more for just kind of regular maintenance. Do you do scales every day? Yeah. How many minutes do you do your scales? <laughs> However long they take. It depends. I just sometimes I feel like doing them more than others. And do they have like charity exercises like with the piano? Charity made these finger contortion exercises. Do you have a specific exercise book? I, 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 there are certain routines that I do all the time. They're, they're not by that particular person, but, and, and I've written a bunch for myself also. And do your lips ever get sore? Every day. And then maybe you should stop kissing the manager of Oingo Boingo's ass so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you made him laugh so weird. <laughs> on that note. On that note, I think that was a uh, right. a D flat. Okay. <laughs> Do you have perfect pitch? Uh no, I have what's uh called relative pitch. In other words, you ask your brother what that note is. No. Relative pitch. <laughs> Look at you with the jazz riff. Oh, my God. I, I just, I hate myself. You have relative pitch. What was that? You have relative pitch? I have relative which basically means once I have heard a pitch that I can relate to, I can pretty much hear everything in the right. No, I have pretty, pretty good pitch, but it's not perfect. Okay. A lot of people don't believe this about one of my daughters, but this is true. She, we can drop a coin on the ground and she can tell us what the coin is, whether or not it's. Oh, interesting. What note it is, yeah. Yes. I I don't get that. What is that? It's a a quarter note. Good. We, we have to stop there. You that was jackpot. Well, jackpot. you're welcome, America. You that, are welcome. That that's the that's it, Brian. Brian, are you there? Did we lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, he's right here. Okay, this is why Laura House is the most requested guest on the David Feldman <laughs> show, which you just saw. Okay. <laughs> Can I have your uh, loved one for a few minutes? Oh yeah, sure. Go yeah. ahead. Okay, go. and I won't tell Brian. I won't tell her about that thing. So okay, please <gasps> wait. Whoa! I, I said nothing. That thing. Oh wow! Yeah. Bye. Wow. Bye, Brian. All right. And, and I'm sure. By the way, I'm sure it's not serious. I would say don't even go to. Don't even get it looked at. Maybe instead of going to a doctor, you might want to talk to a lawyer just to see if you there may be a lawsuit involved or you could sue. But I took all the antibiotics you gave me. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So They're not, technically a- those aren't antibiotics, but <laughs> you guys, I'm getting very suspicious. This is heads? this is just guy talk, Laura. Mm, that's a little outrageous. All right, he has to go actually get good at something. <laughs> I'll yeah. keep talking to you. Okay, bye, Brian. Brian, by the way, has a discernible, portable talent that he can take someplace. 
and people can identify him as gifted yeah. as opposed mm-hmm. to somebody like me who just, yeah. Has a bunch of Emmys. Yeah. I got to return them. <laughs> I got, I've got to stop breaking in. To, yeah. To Kelsey Grammer's home. He's going to notice eventually. Eventually. There, he's got so many. So, Laura House. Yeah, buddy. It's been a while. It has been a while. There were holidays. Yeah, apparently you didn't want to do the show on uh, Christmas Eve. Yeah, what's that about? What, what were you doing on Christmas Eve that you couldn't spare six hours <laughs> to do my show? What were you doing on Christmas Eve? Uh, my brother was visiting. Now, which brother is that? The real one or the fake one? Well, now it's interesting to categorize them because this, this has come up a little bit. So I'm adopted. So I, the only brother I've known for most of my life is my, is my brother who we're who, adopted. Who isn't really your brother. So, yeah, but I think of him as my real brother because we, we grew up together, brother and sister. But isn't I mean, it amazing I, that two people can grow up and think they're brother and sister and then discover <laughs> that they're, they're not brother and sister, I, that there's I mean, absolutely guess, I mean, zero connection between the we, two? We knew we were adopted, but like that's my, my brother. And then I found my biological brother, which you could argue is my, my real brother. Mm-hmm. But but my brother, who I grew up with, who were both adopted, and we we lost our dad recently. I, oh, where 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 did your father? You mean you lost him? No, no, David. It's <laughs> we've been through this. He's, what? He's no longer with us. Oh, did he? Oh, I get it. So your adopted dad, the, the dad who adopted you, uh huh, decided he was going to leave and go adopt another family. No, no, he, no? uh, he, no, he, his heart failed and he, he stopped loving you. He, he failed no, to love no, you. No. And, no, David, you're not getting and it. And he said, no. you know what? My heart is, it's just not there anymore. You're no, no longer, David, I adopted you and his, now I'm done his, with you. Uh, he, in the East, they say he dropped his body. He dropped his body. Is that, is that like a euphemism for doing number two? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, he, uh, my dad, um, he died in September. Your dad died in September? Mm-hmm. Like he was doing stand-up comedy? No, uh, no, David, you don't, anyway, moving on. I don't, I don't understand what you're telling me. Your dad died in September, so he was no, doing he, stand-up comedy. No, he's, he's not, he's not alive. He's not alive. Depressed. We're, you know, it's the, it's no, the no. time of year. It's kind of let down after. I understand there's seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. But no, he, um, You're, you know, know you don't speak clearly. But you know what? I love having you on the show, but you know, you, you speak cryptically and maybe it's because you're younger than I am. And I'm sorry. I'm trying to tell you that my dad died. What you mean? What What do you mean? He died. <laughs> I don't understand. No, he. I'm just. I think you. We've talked about this before, so it's very weird that you don't remember. It wasn't that long ago that I 
told you, but that my, my each episode is a self-contained show. There's no series arc, Laura. <laughs> this way, anybody can tune in at any time mm-hmm. and be totally right. caught up. I see the advantage of that. Yeah, so this it's a but, clean but slate no, every episode. Just my dad died. <laughs> it's so interesting because those were his last words. His last words were. Mm. Um, but my point is, you, you want to hear my dad's last words? Oh yeah. Those were oh, his last wow. words. Yes, he was a stunt double in Tijuana. At a, oh, interesting. A, in a theater. Yes, he uh, sometimes filled in for the. Uh, he was um, the understudy. The understudy. In I, the did Tijuana I say theater? Yes. Did I say stunt <laughs> double? He was the understudy. You, well, the, you said he sometimes filled in, so yeah, he filled that would in. Make, make him the understudy of the stunt double in a yeah at the uh, Maria Gonzalez Memorial Theater in Tijuana. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What and uh, what are what are we remembering her for? She was a performer, and my dad uh, was the understudy for the guy who normally performed with her. They did it like a double act. I guess it was a comedy oh. team. Oh, got it. I didn't realize you were from showbiz folk. Yeah. I come from a long line of understudies. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> those, those are my dad's last words. He, he For some wow. reason, he was uh, shot while he was performing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm sorry to hear about... Uh, your father, you said? Who, who, who did you say passed away? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was my dad. Your dad died. But, so my brother uh, my brother came. Uh, and that's a bummer, he, right? When, when but, your dad dies, that's a bummer. It was, it was yeah. yeah. That's like a that, letdown, right? That is one way to put it. Yeah. yeah. It was a real, yeah, it was a real bummer. And that must have affected uh, your mood for a couple of days, right? Yeah, a couple of days or months. Uh-huh. Did Brian comment that you were kind of distant, <laughs> remote? He's, he seemed to understand how I how I might be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so it seemed like he got it. I'm sorry, but um, yeah, but it was like so. My brother, who it was our dad, we grew up together, came to visit. To just, we just goofed off in, in LA for the week of Christmas. We didn't really Christmas much. We did a bunch of other stuff, but people were like, Oh, your real brother. And now I don't know what to call him <laughs> because people are like, Oh, your biological brother that you found. And I'm like, No, we didn't lose our dad. <laughs> we had different dads for one. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm trying to, I'm, like who's, Who's my real brother now is my question. Yeah, I don't understand why once you find your real brother, you don't give the adopted brother walking papers. It seems kind of like you're you're a hoarder. <laughs> I, I, I guess I am. I am hoarding brothers. I mean, why do you need so many brothers, especially one who isn't really yours? I, I guess it's true. It just seemed like we... Shared some history for all our lives, and yeah, but, but right. it's over. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's done. I found like we're half blood relatives. That's 
Yeah. That's pretty big. <sighs> and how is your, uh, your birth mom doing? She's good. Um, she sent pictures for where she lives. Uh, she lives in a little, um, gosh, I don't know how to say it. a little community, a little, um, and they had, um, is this a, a community of, of birth mothers who've all given up <laughs> their, their children for adoption? They all, um, is this yeah. A, uh-huh. And then we, the adopt the kids that were given up, we all live next door. I see. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it was a lot to organize, I'll be honest. How have you not you know, gotten this cold? It's nice to, uh, yeah, eat an orange or something. Did you ever eat a lemon in front of Brian? No. You know what Is happens a- when you eat a lemon? No. In front of a trumpet player? No. You don't know about this? What? Yeah. <laughs> I'm being serious. What are you talking about? Oh, you're being sarcastic that you don't know this. No, I don't know what you're talking about. If you eat a lemon in front of a trumpet player, he can't play. And I'm not making the, the g- Google it. Why? Because there's a, some kind of sense memory. He puckers that, that sour face and then they they lose their umbusher. They lose their umbusher. The, 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 there's a sense memory of the sourness. And they literally cannot play the trumpet. Google oh, wow. that. I'll totally try that. You should do that when he's like playing on the Tonight Show in front of millions of people. Just bring out a lemon. <laughs> Just run right by the camera guy with a, <laughs> a lemon. It'll strengthen also, the real. When when he's on Fallon's Tonight Show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you spend okay. Christmas with your brother? Uh-huh, with my brother. Okay. It was pretty great. Did, did you get each other gifts? We we didn't really. We talked about it and we we just kind of kept taking turns treating for dinner and and stuff like that. Like oh. we just like if you had a we just took a week to just do the stuff that we wanted to do in LA. Which was great. So it was like planetarium, dim mm-hmm. sum, cart service, Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. Mm, you know what I like to do? Churros. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? Like, churros? We saw the, what? Churros. No, Venice Beach weirdos. Oh, be- oh, I see. What, you know what would be like an ideal vacation for me? Like a staycation? Is you and your brother and I go out to dinner every night and the two of you take turns paying for my meal. Oh. That's just something I, I, I just thought, you know. Every night? Yeah. The three of us would go out. I'd pick the restaurant. Mm. And since I picked the restaurant. <laughs> Which is the hard part. It's the hard part. And mm, you this, two would take turns treating me. I mean, it, I mean, it sounds kind of fun, uh-huh. but I, I don't know if it sounds all that much fun to me. Sounds fun to me. <laughs> sounds great. You don't even know my brother. You don't even know if that would be fun to hang out with him or not. As long as his money is good. Oh, all right. Does he have a sense of humor? Yeah. 
And this is the guy you grew up with. Uh-huh. Yeah. So which is he? Is he my real brother or or is the or is my biological half brother my real brother? I don't what, know. What is real? I don't know. I come to you for answers, not I don't know. I I would think the the brother you grew up with is the one who knows you better than the one you love more. <laughs> the one that you're just I guess I could put them both on notice to vie for the title of real brother. Uh-huh. And I'm sure just like any brother, they would be completely disinterested. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, okay. You know what? He can have that title. That's cool. What? Yeah. I mean, I have this dog Cody. Mm. Who I love. I worship him. He's a gift from God. He's from another planet. He could not be a product of Earth. He's just too mm. good for this world. And if you told me he wasn't mine, that he was adopted, I don't think I Wait. would love him any less. The, the, a dog? Yeah. If, if, if I found out that he wasn't really mine, um, if I didn't see him come out, what, if I wasn't there for his birth... What did he come out of? His mom. He came, I was in the delivery room when uh, his mother. Who, who's the father? Me. And how 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 did you impregnate his mom? Uh, I was at a dog park, and, <laughs> and I saw this really cute Labrador. One oh. thing led to the other, and then when I found out she was pregnant, I said, "Let's." Let's keep all eight. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I kept Cody. Um, all right. Yeah. I. But I don't think you're. I don't think you're supposed to do that. But I guess if that's what put the other seven up for adoption. <laughs> I don't know the part before that. Have have a, a dog out of wedlock. I, it was in the, Hollywood the at the time. Before that, the the doing the doing baby making with a dog. I don't think you're supposed to do. I, that. It's okay. I, I have an open marriage, and nobody, no harm, no foul. I, I don't think that's the part. That's the part. I think you're not supposed to make babies with dogs. Does Cody have your eyes? Uh, he, well, some people think. Does he? Does he have your shiny coat? Yes. Uh, he used to have my penis. Wait, what? He used to have my penis. Everybody said, boy, that. <laughs> I don't, because it, it's, yours is red and comes out like a tube like that? Yes. yes. Okay, well, yes. that's, I never <laughs> wanted to know what, <laughs> what your penis looked like. And well. I still don't. Well, but that's quite, it's quite a thing to consider that that would be it. Well, I, you know, I often wondered if it really, if he really was my dog. But then uh -huh. when I saw the, the red lipstick, uh -huh. I said, you were like, okay, no doubt. That's mine. That's my boy. I didn't need to take a paternity test. I knew right All away. All right. Well, that's nice, kind and, of. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, I love him. I love him. And if he weren't mine, if I had gotten him at a shelter 
and I knew he wasn't biologically mine, it wouldn't bother me. Because love is love. Love doesn't die. The bonds are much yeah. stronger than, than, than DNA. Right? Well, yeah. Okay, then basically, so these, wait, which, which is stronger, DNA or not DNA? I'm saying that, in all honesty, that if you, if oh, you know yeah. somebody and you, you love somebody, the DNA doesn't matter. Yeah, so th- so we're saying my brother who I grew up with is my real brother. No, I'm saying the DNA doesn't matter. What I'm saying is, yes, Your Honor, they found my DNA at the crime scene. <laughs> But it doesn't But matter. It doesn't matter, obviously. It doesn't matter because, I, right. because I loved her. And love is stronger than anything you can prove that I did. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, solid argument. Thank you. Hey, did you get your... You fixed your storage situation, right? Somebody finally went and... I went to my storage facility. My son and I went. Okay. <laughs> I was Yeah, I was out in L.A. I... Oh, I don't... Wait. Hmm? I don't remember you calling and, or taking me to lunch while you were here. Oh, I didn't need anything from you. I, I, I arrived in L.A. and I, I went through my, my, my book my little black book, and I, I said, okay, I'm in L.A., what do I need and who can I get it from? And uh, I, I saw your name, and I said, there's nothing I need from her. There's nothing I can exploit from Laura. This, this hurts my feelings. Well, I'll exploit you the next time I'm in L.A. Okay. I, I, I was there for a very short time. A month. And, you know, I can only see, you know, I can only have like four dinner, lunch, breakfast, coffee dates a day. Four. Four a day. So that, none, none for housey? Well, 30 days. Four, that's oh, wow. 120 people. Wow, David, I'm not in your top 120? No, but you're definitely in the top 5,000. If I had stayed a couple of months, okay, I would. Okay, well, I guess... A couple of months. Then right, I could have. I then I could have fit you into my my schedule. All right. I just. Brian what? and I talked about you. Your your name came up. Wait, I'm. You saw Brian? Well, you know, with you know the strip club. Oh boy. He, I I can't believe what's unfolding here before my eyes. Well, Brian, I ran into Brian at the strip club that he frequents every afternoon. Wait, he ev- afternoon? <laughs> Wait, I thought. What are you talking about? Are we doing a bit a here? Disturbing time to be in a strip club at at two in the afternoon. Are you kidding? First of all, you should be proud of him. He's saving money. It's much cheaper. <laughs> And there's I a buffet. How I wondered why. He had been eating so many wings. <laughs> and I, and he's a good man because I, I, I remember he was going into the VIP room. Ask him about uh, this. And he said, okay. He says, I chose this stripper because she looks just like Laura. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask for a better man. 
Wow, that's um. Well, you knew that about him, right? Even more disturbing. You knew that about him. No, I didn't. I didn't know about the strippers, but now I understand why he keeps asking me for rolls of pennies. (laughs) (laughs) Rolls of pennies. That sounds like something I would do. Well, because apparently then you put it in the G-string and then it just falls right down. Because Yeah, yeah she's going through her change. Because it's basically a paperweight. Yeah. I go to a strip club and the, the, the announcer says, let's make it rain. And I bring my roll of pennies and say, how about we make it hail instead? <laughs> And I just and throw coins. Quarters. <laughs> it's I it's a sleet storm. Uh-huh. And apparently they rather, they prefer rain to hail. Oh. Yeah. Um, all right. I have not been to a strip joint since before you were born. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. haven't been. Are they still I've... called strip joints? I don't know. They're called gentlemen's club, right? But is that the is that the an older expression or a newer one? I, think, I feel like that was kind of the older expression. What what what, what gentlemen's club? And then people were just owning it, like no, no, it's a strip club. Hmm. Yeah, I I, I somehow I just uh, I hear what happens when you go there. And uh, yeah. that's got to be uncomfortable. Wait, wait, when I go there? Not you. What do you hear happens when I go there? I I hear that Brian slinks out <laughs> and says, oh, my God, what's she doing here? This woman won't leave me alone. He runs out the side door. Um, I went in Austin because all the because co- I had started doing stand up and all the comics went. And I just wanted to, like, know what what that was happening. Uh-huh. And then I had a real attitude, like a judgmental attitude about um those places for a a while and then I I ended up with a writing gig. So my a network show where the boss liked to go to strip clubs and sometimes the staff would fly to Vegas and mm-hmm. just sort of have a nice dinner, the whole staff. So I, I get uh-huh. this job. It's, it's this huge lucky break. Uh, this was like, this would be, I would assume, right after the Me Too movement started. <laughs> no, it was really? maybe ten years before. Odd, odd. But it was. Uh, I, I mean, sure hope I that knew. guy is doing that. I hope he hasn't stopped. <laughs> I, I guess not. I mean, no one I knew was getting harassed, but we all. Um, it was like my second week of work, and before I took this job, I had been trying to get a writing job, but I had been teaching part-time at an Orthodox yeshiva, mm-hmm. and then I got hired on this sitcom, and my second week there, they were like, we should go to Vegas. Do you guys want to go to Vegas? And I was like, this could not be more different than the yeshiva. Yeah, and the yeshiva, topless means no yarmulke. Yeah, it means a short sleeve shirt. <laughs> we had we had to wear longs. It was orthodox, long sleeve skirt. You couldn't go there if you uh, 
if you own, if your family owned a TV or your mother wore pants. Yeah, that's very strict. So what did you yeah. teach at an Orthodox yeshiva? Did you not know I did that? I, re- I remember you told me that. It's very, it's a, even when I look back, I'm like, what, how, that's, how did, why would I have done that? But I had starred on a TV show, like a lot of people, starred on a TV show, came to Hollywood, <laughs> didn't know how to make it big, and ended up with a part-time job teaching at an Orthodox Yeshiva. <laughs> what did you teach? I taught, like, general studies. They had, um, up until sixth grade for them, it was, it was, uh, like, almost like elementary school stuff, like, like you have one teacher in the sense that there's one teacher that teaches spelling, math, history, you know, all science. Right. <laughs> there wasn't, there wasn't a lot of science. Um, and cause you couldn't talk about like erosion or anything that was over, a few thousand years old had not had not actually happened. Oh, so, so they're kind of like the creationists. Well, it just whatever, and I forgive me, I forget what the year is right now or at that moment. But for whatever the Jewish year was, that that's all that had ever happened. So I see there wasn't a lot of geology or that sort of thing studied. That'd be great to be a historian in a school like that. <laughs> It'd be a pretty easy job. Yeah. So yeah, tell me about the strip. So you went to the strip joint. A lot less ground to cover. Um, yeah, so I... Um, so you went with your boss and the other comedy We writers. went with all the writers, and yeah, and one of them had, one of the writers had pulled me aside because they didn't really know me and were like, you know, you don't have to go. And I was like, oh, I'm going. <laughs> and so <laughs> we, we went, we flew to Vegas and cause they, and they had told me, they were like, look, like our boss, like strip clubs. So we're going to go, but you definitely, there's nothing you have to do. Like they were very, they didn't want me to feel uncomfortable. And I was oh, like, no, how could you stop. feel uncomfortable? I wouldn't, I, I was so excited. I thought it was so great. So I just wanted to do every, we go to dinner. Like, I don't know if you remember, cause it's been a, like a hundred years for you, but your first network job, like there's so much money. Like you can't, everything is cr- like, we went to dinner and the bill was like $2,000. And I was like, what? And maybe 1000 anyway, whatever. We, um, they were gambling and people were talking about just huge amounts of money. And, um, we ended up, the limos picked us up and took us to a strip club. And then they decided this one wasn't the one that where they wanted to stay. And so we took limos to this other strip club and we walked in and everybody knew the boss. <laughs> so, and, and they knew he was coming. So they were so nice to us. So I, I kind of was like, these things are kind of gross, you know, whatever. I'll, I'll just, I just kind of want to see what it's like, you know, to have a story to tell. And I walked in and this woman, like, um, kissed you on the lips. N- no, but she was so welcoming. <laughs> so basically, and to me, it just was, it, it was almost like, how people are at the pool only we were dressed but it was just you know women basically in in swimsuits kind of walking around or maybe they didn't have tops if they were dancing or whatever but so she came up to me and she looked at me like she knew me and she was like 
hi, welcome, come on in. And she ushered me and she was like, oh, those shoes are so cute. And mm-hmm. where do you want to sit? And I instantly, David, I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I see why guys like this. Like you just, it just felt like she was so happy to see me. I just wanted to give her cash. Not where have you been? You're, you, I was expecting you at eight. It's nine o'clock. I was worried sick. Yeah, close the door behind you. you close the yeah. Nope, none of that. And were she, you the only female writer? No, the there was one other female writer, and so we 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 went into this one room. So we went into, I guess, the middle middle part, the the purgatory, as it as it were. It was pretty dark, but not all the way dark. And apparently it was a place with sort of almost cubicle stations. Oh, so it was like you had to get to work, start. (laughs) Ish. So where the guys, I guess, kind of get a dancer. Like it's semi-private, I guess. I Mm. guess they basically get get dry humped or or something. So the other female writer who was a little older than me said – um, you know what? Let's not stay here because it would be very difficult to work with these people again once we've seen them <laughs> yeah. rubbing, rubbing up on them. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Is yeah. that like a bonding thing where like the guys see each other at their most vulnerable? I I honestly don't know, and I and I never knew any of them well enough to ask like. I think I just sort of didn't think about their experience, or I didn't feel like I could really ask them, but it is, it is, it is definitely a thing I don't understand about. Because you see it in movies, even you know, guys all at the strip club getting grinded on and high fiving each other or or whatever. Like, it seems like something you would like. It's a way it's, it's you don't want to share with people or <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, here at the David Feldman show. Yeah. I take the entire staff to a strip club every Friday night because I want oh. them to know that I'm not gay. So we high five each other. Who's who's on the staff? Just all the writers, all the, the crew, everybody. And, and who's it, that? that? We have about 15 people oh. on the staff here okay. right now. Okay. Just. Yeah. And we go to a strip club every Friday night. So it's not just you going alone to a strip club. No, no. It's me and 15 And other yelling guys. that you're not gay. It's just it's just so we all know that we're not gay and we high five each other because we're at a strip club looking at I, luscious women. I guess that's I guess that's part. I don't know. I I learned that I that I was a little gay. How so? Well, for one. So the the other writer said, you know, we should go somewhere else. Like, we shouldn't be in this room with these guys. And so I was like, well, I want to see the dancers. Mm-hmm. And I I just felt like I was at this club. And the boss came up to me, and he said, I don't know if it's been explained to you, but I pay for everything. So, like, whatever you – if you want food, if you want drinks, if you want dances, he's like, whatever you want – um, I take care of it. Don't worry about it. And I was like, oh, that's that's nice. That's nice. And um, <laughs> I, I guess we like, couldn't have gone to Spago, perhaps. 
and, and you... but we had we had actually been to a place called like Buddha or something. We had been to a great dinner where he was like, "You guys, you've got to try the Kobe beef appetizers." And I was like, "This job is amazing." Uh-huh. So we so I wanted to kind of see the dancers like on the stage, and so you're just into choreography. Know. That doesn't mean you're gay. N- no. No, that doesn't. Are, you you want to see how they do the butter churn? <laughs> I just, I wanted to see. Well, because the music was kind of trancey, and then they're going up and down on the poles, and I was like, this is fascinating. Uh-huh. So I, there was, so I was like, well, let's, I didn't want to sit out in the open where the girls come by and want to dance on you. So I was like, let's grab a booth. <laughs> now, if anyone listening knows anything about strip clubs, You'll know what the, what the booth is. So there's a guy kind of standing at the end, but I had no idea. I was just like, I just kind of want to sit in a booth. Like I don't want to be out in the middle of everything. And so there's a guy, like a guard kind of standing at this booth. And I, and I, um, I'm like, Oh, can we sit in there? He's like, yeah. And, um, uh, then he, then, so me and the other lady writer go sit in this booth and then he closes the curtain so I can't see the stage. And I was like, Hey, also I was like, Hey, what do you think we're doing in here? So, um, I was like, Oh, can I leave this open? And he kind of looked at me like, well, you know, if you want to, but he, he was like, people are going to come in like, Immediately, basically, a, a stripper lady like went into the booth and she talked like a mile a minute. And we had been told, um, gosh, how do I back this up? There was a woman there who was sort of helping us out like a Sherpa. She was mm-hmm. a friend of the boss of the show and she was um I could deduce clearly used to work there and was probably how she met him. Nice. But um she had explained you don't have to get lap dances. You can just get a massage. And I was and she goes, but you can't legally call it a massage. Just say back rub. And I was like, I love massages and back rub. <laughs> and so this stripper came into our booth and um uh, just started chatting us up and I didn't, I didn't know what was happening. It turns out the booth is like the strippers. If they're in the booth, they make like $900 an hour or something like that, like 400 something. But it's like, it's more than a $20 lap dance. If like, basically they want to land in the booth. Like that's where essentially high rollers or whatever sit. And And, and what do they do in the booth to these guys? More than a back rub. I would assume for nine hundred dollars. Do they do their taxes for them? (laughs) I wasn't in anyone's booth but my own, so I don't know what was happening in there. But um, yeah, probably some real sexual stuff, David. You know, I went to a strip joint in in Vegas once. It it was called uh, Boylesque. Mm. Boylesque. Okay. And uh, we have audio. Of me leaving the strip club. Would you like to hear? I I really would. This was from 1990, me walking out at four in the morning after an evening of watching the dancers at Boylesque. I don't remember that, but that's me... uh, 
It sounds like you had a good time. I guess so. I, I really don't remember much of Boylesque. Because there was kind of a satisfying... I, I don't know what that sound was. I, I just remember so, going one night to see some some dancing. Because, you know, I'm a red-blooded American male. Oh, yeah, of course. So here's where I learned um, a little bit about myself. Uh-huh. Was... Um, one was the girl who was helping us out turned to me and she said, um, she, she like showed me like she was displaying like the whole dance floor and was like, what girl do you want? <laughs> and like to give me a back rub. And I was like, I was so offended. I was like, I'm a feminist. Like you can't just pick people yeah. like, you know, that's a piece of meat or whatever. And so uh, she goes, I'll be right back. And I was like, what? I didn't even really understand what she was doing. But shortly she came back with like five girls. Mm. <laughs> and I would I would I would describe them as like one of each, <laughs> like tall, skinny, black girl, short, intense pigtails, plaid skirt mm-hmm. girl kind of. Um, not curvy as a, as a euphemism for fat, but like sort of cur- plump, plump lips, mm-hmm. bigger boobs, kind of, almost like a Jessica Alba look at like a pretty sort of. I getcha. I getcha. To her. Yeah, I getcha. Um, a, uh, you know, stark Asian woman, <laughs> like one, one of each. Any animals? Uh, what? All humans, right? All girls, all girls, and they all... All humans, uh, though. All strippers. All, all human... Human beings. All human no other strippers. No, no other species? I don't think so. Okay. Interesting. Not not one of each everything. I Just see. like, sort of, it was, it was an array of types of lady. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so she goes, who do you, who do you want? Just pick one. And I was like, I cannot believe you're at her. <laughs> and I... I like the curvy one. I like the like the plumpy lip Jessica Alba looking blonde. Mm-hmm. And that's how I realized that's when I learned that I had a type. Well, I, maybe you just picked her. You wanted your money's worth. Given given the types of girls, I was like, I, I like I definitely like this one. The one who had the most meat on her. It was like I going to, it was like going maybe, to the butcher. Maybe. But you could argue the taller one technically had more, you know, bony, you know, per, you know, had more. I think if you wanted to make soup, more to her, if you you'd get the tall one to make soup, I guess so. So, yeah. So I liked uh, anyway, she they came in and um, the other writer. I just said, you know, I just, I don't want need to dance. I just, you know, can I get like a back rub? She was, oh, this is great. You know, I'm, I'm actually a personal trainer. Like I, like I do these and she was, um, she seemed like Ukrainian or such. And, um, she gave me like this amazing back rub. So I'm in the booth and I'm watching the girls dance on stage and there's music and then this beautiful, girl is like giving me this awesome back rub. She was Ukrainian? I think so. Was she, there quid was, pro quo involved? Or <laughs> Slavic or something. No, it, this was one way. <laughs> uh-huh. 
Um, yeah. And then the other girl who had just rushed in without being picked was giving my friend an incredibly lackluster, like just kind of chatting nonstop about her boyfriend and barely kind of rubbing her hands kind of thing. And the, and the, and the writer looked over at me like, ugh. <laughs> and she was like, can we switch? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, can we trade off? And I was like, oh, no, but I felt bad and I have to work with this person. So, like, you can't hog the good stripper no. if you, from your coworker. No, no. Everybody knows that. Right. So, so we, you know, after 10 minutes or whatever, we switched. And then I had, and this is another weird thing I learned about myself. So now I have the chatty. She's just, she's like meth chatty. She's like, anyway, so my boyfriend, he bought this truck and the truck is on the driveway. I'm like, you got to get that truck out the driveway. This horrible blue truck. And I'm like, you got to it. She's here with us. Oh, wow. Did she call in? No, that's, that's just. That's, that's the chatty stripper. Yeah. 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 That was it. Talking about her boyfriend and the mm-hmm. truck. And I was just like, ugh. And in my head, I did not say this to her, but in my head, I was like, you're not getting paid to talk. <laughs> like a, like I was a James Conn character. <clears throat> like a, like a who? Like James Con, like a James Conn character. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So that, that's when I learned I'm a terrible person. Like it took like ten minutes in a in or I guess at this point we've been there like forty minutes or something. But like that's all it took for me to pick a type of girl and not like this other type of girl and wanting her to shut her trap. So it's interesting because I worked for the same guy you're talking about earlier, and uh, and he took uh, me and the writers to a strip club in Vegas, and he said. Whatever you want, I'll pay for it. <laughs> and I said, you'll pay for anything? And he said, anything. I said, stay right here. I got to go to the car and get my shovel. <laughs> he didn't pay for it. Wow. He didn't. You know, the guy is an effing liar. Wow. He didn't even pay for my attorney. You know? Oh, man. Very misleading. I- but you didn't have to do any time. Uh, we don't want to go into that. The judge was like, jail or three more years working for this guy? Right. And you're like, fine. Yeah. I, are you done with that story? Because I, I, I find I can see you just going with it. It's, yeah. of, it's of an era because it's a very specific time. In American history, because there was a time when women weren't in the writing room. So guys would just go Um, to strip joints, right? Or there was a time when there were women in the writing room, but guys were gallant enough to do it quietly and not tell the female writers that they're going to a strip club. These guys, this boss actually thought he was woke, by bringing the female writers to a strip club. But that was the right thing to do. They shouldn't feel left out as we objectify women. Yeah. He actually thought he was doing the right thing by inviting you. 
Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I mean, there was another woman who had been on staff the whole time. They had always kind of gone together. It wasn't just the strip thing. It was also this whole trip to Vegas, you know, like mm-hmm. we didn't really have to go. You know, it was also rooms at the Venetian and a nice wow. dinner. And we talked a little bit about the show. So it was a, a travel. So it was tax deductible. You know, it, was a work, it was a work trip. Yeah, yeah. they can write it uh, off. Yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't like, it wasn't just like DV, like there was another day we went to the horse track. <laughs> this was the greatest job. Uh, the, it, the, you, the horse the track Star- in Vegas or? No, no, the Santa Anita. Oh. The, um, oh, you went to watch the horses die. Yeah, this was before they all died every day. Yeah. But this. I, um, I lay bets on which horse is going to die. <laughs> That's... <laughs> so basically picking it's a sure that's a real sure fire winner yeah. win right there yeah. yeah i go for the trifecta that three are gonna die so so he would take the you star was the star of the show was doing a big golf tournament and they were like there's really not that much to do and they were like we should go to the track like the, the show had been around for a few years and so they had all done all these things as a group before. So it really, so the strip club wasn't, it wasn't the singular, you know, maybe the last time the other woman didn't go or the, or, you know, again, I don't know. It wasn't, and it wasn't treated super, um, he was really open about, you know, hey, I'll pay for everything. Don't worry about it. Do you want to know what he ended up paying? Yeah. I heard what he ended up paying that it was, it was something like for every, for everything, it was something like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, but we can't get we, we can't give the writer's assistant health insurance. It's not in the budget. <laughs> That's not his fault. That's <laughs> but the um uh. That's what I made working at the yeshiva for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with a straight face, with a straight face, they'll spend twenty grand taking the writers to a strip joint, but. The writer's assistant doesn't have health insurance. Well, I do want to say the writer's assistant did go to Vegas and was at the strip club, so he he got that. Mm-hmm. But I, it's not the it's not the showrunner who sets up the insurance situation. I don't know. I think it's plausible deniability. He's benefiting from. I mean, the, I I guess they could all you know get together and demand. Different wage. I mean, in that, in the sense of they could politically make a move and, you know, but it, it's not like it's part, you know, I guess that would be a good change in the system. Well, you know, when I go to a strip joint, I go into the VIP room and the first thing mm-hmm. I ask the strippers, does she have health insurance? <laughs> does she know about her rights to organize a union here? And I try to unionize the strippers. Wow, how did that go? I, that's me making it rain. <laughs> I'll make it. I'll well, that, make it that's rain. really interesting. That's really interesting. You see, I, you know, I think <clears throat> a couple of things about taking the staff to the to the races. This is a, it's childish because you're at. The place of work. Oh, we have nothing to do. 
here's an idea. Why don't you all go home and do all the things that you can't do on a weekday because you're here? You know, do some banking, do some shopping, maybe visit a loved one. But instead, hey, let's go to the, the racetrack. And I would assume half the people, at least half, don't want to go to the racetrack, but they're, they got to be part of a team. So they have to waste an entire day. It's probably even longer than a work day, hanging out and harder, being with your boss, wow. being on your best behavior. You're, you're painting it oddly because at this one, I don't actually remember the actual boss being there. Um, but you're so supposed been, to go. They take attendance. No, but it wasn't his. It wasn't his idea. He might have even been off for the week. Um, but it's kind of like you know I what it's like. Don't remember, but also. Excuse me for I'm one second. Sure. It's like Serpico. Remember, Serpico wouldn't take the bribe, and the cop said to him, "Just take the bribe. Just take it to be one of us." And, and that's. Right. Being part of the writing team, you have to... I will also say it never occurred to me not to go. I thought it was so cool to get to go to a racetrack. And I will say I won $450. And how much did you win at the strip joint? (laughs) I. What did you bring home from the strip joint? a, A deeper look at myself. You won 450 bucks at the, the racetrack? Isn't that crazy? And do you have because to I, give your agent a cut of that since it was a riding <laughs> job? That part that part hurt. Yeah. No, I um <laughs> it was such a it was the greatest it was one of the greatest moments and we saw Dick Van Patten. Ah. What ah. a weird what a weird world. But you know as a, as a Christian don't you feel your morals were being compromised? First, they're taking you to look at strippers in Vegas, and then you're gambling on horses. Don't you feel wow. they're 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 forcing you into a life of sin? Well, these were several months apart. Why can't they do something wholesome? <laughs> you guys, let's go tour that milk factory. Yeah, but even that, how offensive. As a vegan, you know that those are torture palaces. I just think this whole thing where, you know, work retreats and where everybody, you know, we're family, we're friends. You're not friends. You're not family. This whole bonding thing. Give me a break. Yeah. Well, I do want to be clear. The idea came from within the writer's room and it was like, hey, guys, let's all do this. It didn't come from, like, an email from the boss that was, like, subject, strippers. Hey, everybody. Hey, I have an idea. Let's go to Vegas, and you have to come to the strip club. I have an idea. Why don't you get into a meaningful relationship where you can't wait to get home and see that other person? Where the idea of going to a strip club or the the go watch the ponies is abhorrent to you because it's time away from someone you really love. That That's a solid idea. But yeah. you are twisting my beautiful story of the greatest job I ever had. Well, all I'm, saying is, all I'm saying is I'm a good person. That's the whole mm-hmm. point of this. 
And, that, I and, and yet I get beaten up in the restrooms at the Port Authority in the men's room, handing out Bibles to runaways at four in the morning. <laughs> um, I'm a good person. All right. Honestly, if I'm going to go to a strip joint, I want to do it privately. I I I would think so. Right? I don't want my coworkers to see me. I, that part I I can't speak to the cuz I went out of like, wow, what is this? This is crazy. So I I don't know. I was blowing I my know, nose. Those by the guys way. are just like, we have so much money, we should just throw some of it away. I don't know. Hey, I came up with a great joke. Oh? Somebody uh, earlier asked me, are you blowing your nose? And I said, hey, if I could blow my own nose, I'd never leave the house. It's a great joke. <laughs> I could blow my because own. Because of the... Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I, uh... Yeah. I, I haven't been to a strip joint. Um, when I lived in San Francisco before I had a girlfriend, my friend who was a comedian and I used to go to amateur night at a strip club in Sonoma. It would be Tuesday nights and they'd bring in the amateurs. And I always oh, found, wow. and it was Sonoma in the late 80s. <laughs> and I'm not making the, the women had, these weren't, uh, this is going to sound, well, all right. I'm going to change the subject. But it was interesting. Oh, come on. Amateur it, it, night? What was it like? It was amateur night in Sonoma. And it was uh, 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 amusing, occasionally erotic. Sure. But it was I, amateur night. It's amateur night. Sonoma. I would think there would be a mix of... Well, oh, what it is, there's somebody, this phenomenon. Somebody's what? really good, somebody's really bad, everybody else is somewhere in between. No, what it is, is there's a phenomenon that I don't quite understand where guys have what they, you know, they're in love, right? And they can't, they can't wait to show off their, their special woman, right? And they, uh -huh. they, they get off on the idea that other men are craving what they get to go home to. Oh, okay. So, so it's girl. So they're clearly their boyfriends or whatever are there, like yeah, excited to watch them, uh, or excited to watch guys like me and my comedy buddy watching their girlfriend, <laughs> wife, sister, whatever, mm -hmm. and knowing that they're looking at our reaction. And they've got this like snide look, like yeah, but I get to go home with her, and uh, that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, and if you're with a bunch of comics and you understand the dynamics of what's going on, and it's the late '80s, and you're really not a nice person, uh, it can be funny <laughs> if you know what I mean. I, I see how those elements would come together well. Yeah, so I mean, maybe. yeah, like he's looking at me looking at his wife, and I'm looking at him looking at me while I'm looking at him looking at his wife, thinking, who's really looking at whom? Yeah, and why? And there's this undercurrent of, he's going to punch me. Yeah, so it was exciting. It wasn't sexually exciting. It was just this thrill of going to amateur night.
<laughs> and would I get beaten up? That it's was pretty the, great. Yeah, it's great. But there are guys. There was a club in Houston that I used to play, and I remember the the bartender. Everybody, oh, you got to see his, you got to see Tiffany, his girlfriend. She's unbelievable. She's an amazing stripper. And all week he's going. I'm going to take you to go see Tiffany. Yeah, wow. That's my lady. That's my lady. And you know, with clubs, nightclubs, if you don't hang out with the owners, you know, they don't invite you back. Because certainly they're not going to invite me back based on my act. You know that. So uh, I, I called my then wife. And I said, look, I just want you to know uh, I'm going to a strip club. It's Sunday night. It's the end of the week. They're all going. I think it will be good for, uh, you know, um, and my ex-wife. Do whatever you want. I don't care. And <clears throat> so I go. And... Uh, you know, Tiffany was there, and she was, you know, something. And this other, the stripper walks up to me, and I'm off in the corner, just, you know, trying to fit in. And this stripper walks up to me. She says, I can tell you don't want me to do this, but the boss is watching. Please let me give you a lap dance. Oh, wow. And and I said, oh, okay. And so this was like 30 years ago and she starts doing a lap dance and I, you know, I, I, I did it out of professional courtesy. Like I'm a performer. She's a performer. Sure. I'll watch this, not expecting the reaction that, that I got, which was, mm-hmm. Oh my God, this is, this is amazing. This is artistic. This is <laughs> very sensual. And uh, this is phenomenal. I can, I can objectively say that this oh. this is a a magnificent thing, and it felt it felt biblical. I, I, it, it, she was doing things. Uh, she was uh, sacrificing a goat on an altar. Oh, that's, and, yeah, that's so, quite a bit. No, I remember th- saying to myself, "This feels like something Bathsheba." Might have done this. This felt this felt as old as you know the scriptures, as old as the Old Testament. So I get home, and my ex-wife says, uh, "So how was the strip club?" And I said, well, "I was surprised. I, I was surprised that that this woman strips professionally, and." Because she, you know, like I tell jokes, so at at a, at a party, I'm gonna, I, you know, I'm a comedian, so professionally, I tell jokes. So if I'm at a party, I can be the life of the party because that's that's what I do. And this the stripper is a professional, you know, tease. And so my ex wife goes, "What are you telling me?" And I said. I'm just saying it would be nice if once in a while you made love like the cable bill was due. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, but I, I guess, you know, the older I get, the more of an emotional connection I need. You know? strippers? No, I think with another person. Oh, got it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I need to feel 
that she's really genuinely repulsed by me. <laughs> That's fair. Anyway. What were we talking about? We should wrap it up, right? Yeah, Brian's lesson is starting. Oh, I, I we actually have sound of uh his uh of his uh lesson. Would you oh? like to hear it? Yeah. Okay, this is uh Oh. Laura House. So much fun. <laughs> It's so nice to talk to you, David. When can I have you back? Oh, <laughs> before February, maybe. Oh, come on. <laughs> Laura House, the name of your comedy CD is Mouth Punch. Mouth Every, Punch. Mouth Punch. And everybody should go buy Mouth Punch. Follow Laura. I'm Laura House over Twitter. And do you have any gigs you want to plug? Um, no, I have some little things, but no, nothing too, nothing too major right this second. Okay. Laura House, stay on the line for one second. Fantastic. Fantastic. I get it. <laughs>